Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong podcast. I wanted to give a trigger warning um, for this episode because we do talk about panic attacks and I know that that can be triggering for some people. So if that is something that is going to trigger you, I just advise caution with this episode. Um, We just give some examples of the different physical manifestations that can occur through panic attacks. So just FYI, if that is something that might trigger you, just um, approach this episode with caution. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi, and welcome to the You Belong podcast. My name is Evelyn, and each podcast, I sit down with someone new to talk about a specific facet of teen mental health. Make sure to follow the You Belong journey on Instagram at youbelong with a double G. On today's episode, I am so excited to talk to the Katie Redfern, one of my best friends, all about anxiety. As someone who has anxiety myself, I have to say one of the most comforting parts of the anxiety journey is being friends with someone who also has anxiety. I remember during my like major healing journey, which is basically um, what I call the part after you figure out that you have anxiety and then you're like, shoot, I need to do all these different things to like manage it and learn how to cope with it. Um, so as I was going through that, I was at the nail salon and I got a text from Katie telling me that she had heard from our moms or from her mom that I had anxiety and was kind of anxious at the moment and just wanted to talk about it. And that was just one of the best conversations I've ever had because, um, all the things that she told me that she was feeling and thinking were things that I have also felt and thought. And as weird as it is, talking about anxiety with someone who really gets it is one of the most I don't want to say fun, I don't know if that's the right word, but honestly, it is kind of fun to me to, like, just be shown that what you're experiencing is something that so many other people are experiencing. So, I'm super excited to talk about this. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, um, whether it's anxiety, yoga, meditation, anything. So, I just want to say hello to Katie. How are you doing today? Hello, Evelyn. I'm doing pretty good. Um, overall, mental health is doing okay. It's been yeah. stressful stressful few weeks with college apps and everything agreed (laughs) but i am so glad that i'm here right now spending my thursday night with my most favorite person (laughs) (laughs) um i'm glad you're here too and evelyn have been friends since sixth grade oh yes probably weren't friends before honestly me too i'm very surprised yes we got to do a lot of we started in choir together and then we did some musicals together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what an experience. And then it just went from there. Oh, yes. It just it just took off from there. <laughs> so can you just introduce yourself for those who do not know you? So my name's Katie. Um, I also am a senior at SM. Um, I'm the oldest of three siblings and I have three dogs three very cute dogs um I'm involved with a lot of different in a lot of different programs at school like ambassadors link crew peer ministry um I love cooking and baking and hope to be a registered dietitian in the future going to be majoring in dietetics Um, and I'm also an avid yogi Um, so let's just let's just get started can you just tell us a little bit about your general mental health experience for those who haven't known it um, so mental health has kind of always been something, or like mental illness more, mm-hmm. has been something that has kind of always been a part of my life. I just wasn't always aware of it. I feel like my mom was more aware of it. Like she noticed little things when I was little, started to see signs of like, I don't know, just little bits of anxiety here and there when I was younger. 
this was like school and friends and everything like that but I didn't start to like notice symptoms until about eighth grade um I would constantly be worrying about like my appearance or like school but like I know those are normal things that like teenagers go through but it Mm -hmm. was like it was like another level where sometimes I like did not want to leave the house if Mm -hmm. I did not think that I like looked a certain way you know and I feel like I took a lot of that from like I don't know just outside influences and Mm -hmm. like just took it to a different extreme because that's something all I know that's something all like eighth graders can relate to like (laughs) Yeah, yeah but I just feel like I like constantly like took little things and like would not stop thinking about them Mm -hmm. um even like if I was at like an event or something I'd like constantly been thinking about my hair or my outfit like little stupid things like that Mm -hmm. um so my mom um took me to a therapist and she had diagnosed me with um an anxiety related form of OCD um so like I don't know it's not like the typical thing you think of when you think of OCD because although I'm very like organized I'm can be kind of messy sometimes Mm -hmm. like it's not like that or like the counting you know I know that's a lot of a lot of people with OCD like like rituals and all that but I am more like um it's anxiety related so when something comes up like I know we all have times of anxiety but when something comes up that I'm anxious about it will like stick in my brain Mm -hmm. like that's what the that's what she called it like it's called like sticky brain yeah it's a good way to describe it if I said something at school one day that I'm like ooh, I like wish I didn't say that like it would stick and like my mind would cycle almost like it would just like Mm -hmm. cycle into other things and then it would always come back so I was often um like up for hours at night with like not even on my phone just like sitting there like in my thoughts and oh god a lot of sounds like my nightmare <laughs> a lot of stress yeah. um and I was doing better um I was just seeing the the therapist um like pretty regularly and then um I started to like I wouldn't call it get better it just wasn't as big of a part of my life yeah. um and sort of weaned off and ended up not seeing her anymore um which I was pretty good for like freshman through sophomore year I would say um Mm -hmm. I was doing pretty good like mental health wise um obviously still struggled with anxiety um but then (laughs) very specific um I went to my first meeting with the college counselor what are some things that help you to manage your anxiety because like you said healing or I like to just say I saw this on Pinterest somewhere that healing isn't linear and I just feel like that's the best way to describe the anxiety journey because you can never really be rid of it unfortunately um you can be rid of it for certain amounts of times or you can just kind of forget about it and stuff but it's always kind of there to come back to which is unfortunate but um so what are some things that you've been kind of doing to help manage your mental health um obviously yoga and Evelyn started yoga she convinced oh, me yes. to go with her and we are both avid yogis <laughs> I haven't done yoga in so long I need to uh, yeah it's like it's hard to like start but like I just finished with my yoga my uh, zoom yoga class and you can just like I feel like I'm just so much more like uplifted and just feel like so much like weight lifted off my shoulders almost mm-hmm. like when I'm done with yoga 
that's mm-hmm. really helpful. Um, exercise is just so important to me. It's so hard and like you feel really anxious and like all I want to do is lay in my bed mm-hmm. and watch TikTok and eat chocolate <laughs> or like candy. That's all I want to do when I'm feeling like really anxious or like any kind of just in a bad space mentally yeah um, but it's really important to take that first step like outside or like mm-hmm. it's, it's easier said than done for sure no yeah because like, yeah I definitely because when I had my first like real like because I've definitely had like panic attacks over like throwing up but my first like real anxiety like panic attack that was just about like anxiety in general my mom was like okay, we're going, we're going to go run. And she was like, put on your shoes. Cause I was literally like hyperventilating, crying like a mess because panic attacks give you tons of adrenaline and anxiety gives you adrenaline. So then exercise is how you release that adrenaline. So then the anxiety naturally kind of loosens itself. So yeah, exercise is huge. Panic attacks are like, so like no one really talks about it. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really know like what it is. Like I'm like, is that considered, like, what's even considered? No, like, yeah. Like, I'm like, what? Like, obviously, I had my mom, and she struggled with that, too. There's actually, she really struggled with anxiety, but her parents just didn't really know how to, like, they didn't really know how to deal with it, or, like, mm-hmm. they didn't really know much about it, because there was, obviously, an even bigger stigma back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had, like, panic attack and like was like stuck like she mm-hmm. couldn't move and like her dad oh my grandpa um it was like in the middle of the night and she like it was just paralyzed basically which I haven't experienced but that's something that like she experienced mm-hmm. um and her family was just so confused so my grandpa took her to like the emergency room and like yeah they were like oh yeah like it's a panic attack and they think that she had a panic attack but they didn't really like say that like they sort of like now she looks back on that and she's like oh yeah that was for sure a panic attack but like they like just thought something was like wrong no yeah it's weird yeah it's weird the different like ways that panic attacks can come on because like for me I used to have this huge fear of throwing up like, I, it was such an ordeal to eat in the mornings, and, like, I would be at, like, dinners with friends or dinners with families, and I would just, like, literally feel so nauseous, but then I never even really threw up, but I was just like, I have to get out of here, I have to get out of here, and I would just be crying in the bathroom, and I'd have to call my mom to calm me down, and, like, I didn't really know that that could be considered a panic attack, but it, like, definitely is, and, like, it's also interesting how, like, the physical manifestations, like, with your mom, like, the staying super still, or kind of being paralyzed, like, one that I had, which now looking back, I'm like, maybe that was a panic attack, I didn't know it during, I was, like, I just got really hot, which is, like, I don't know, I just, like, got really hot, and then I, but it freaked me out, because I was in, like, a very public place, like, we were meeting new people, and it was just very stressful, and, like, my hands were shaking and stuff, and I was just, like, kind of so out of it, and my mom was, like, what is happening, but also she, like, I don't know. Something about having a mom that has anxiety is, like, the best gift in the entire world. Because I feel like she just gets it. I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, yeah. Both parents. Yeah. For me, definitely, I, like, will hyperventilate Mm -hmm. um, to the point, like, I'll just get stressed. This, it, like, doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. But, like, 
I'll like start like breathing like faster and then I'll start like hyperventilating mm-hmm. um, to the point where you like you can't stop like you can't yeah. stop hyperventilating like it's mm-hmm. not an option really so like even if my mom will like even when she's been there it hasn't she hasn't always like been there when it's happened um mm-hmm. and I haven't always known it was a panic attack um but like I'll like she'll try to have me slow my breathing but like it's just it's impossible <laughs> yeah um and then obviously you get hot um, I get dizzy because I'm mm-hmm. hyperventilating and like almost pass out. Um, <laughs> it's quite an ordeal. ordeal. It's but a fun time. Um, and then I'll like feel like vibrate after because yeah. of my stimulation, like the stimulation of my brain, and then I'll feel exhausted, which mm-hmm. is kind of nice because then you sleep better. I just I just sleep after. Like yeah, the anxiety was at its highest and then it was at its lowest. Yeah. But for yeah. anyone listening, um, it's normal. Um. Yeah. It's not something you should be ashamed of, and it's it's part of, like, recognizing it. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier to, like, you know what it is, so, like, it makes you less afraid of it. Almost. Yeah, for sure. Like, you feel like, okay, like, this is the anxiety, like... It's not going to kill me. I'm not going to pass out. That's yeah, a big myth is I'm that you pass out like, from it. It's going to pass, like, it will get better, and that's something that I heard, and it's feels almost overused like Mm -hmm. it's gonna like it's always gonna get better like I heard that but I never believed it um but it's almost comforting like it sounds really weird but it's (laughs) comforting knowing that next year or like next month even like the thing I'm most stressed about now like there'll be something else that's gonna replace it like oh yeah so stressed about something else in the future like this is not gonna be like yeah like stress forever like yeah, my brain always finds something to replace it with. So yeah, for sure. Because the thing, there's always that one thing in your mind that, like, is seems like the end of the world, but then it happens, then or, it, yeah. Like, oh, like, and it's, like, so I irrational, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. And I feel like one thing that my therapist said about panic attacks, because I'm someone who, like, even hearing about like, our experiences with panic, panic attacks, like, it makes me a little nervous, because I'm like, oh my god, what if I have a panic attack tomorrow? But then, yeah, but then if you think about it, like, the panic attacks we've had, we've lived through them fine, and we are fine with it, and my therapist said one time that the goal isn't to get rid of panic attacks, it's to, like, be okay with them. Like, she, every time she goes on a plane, she knows she's gonna have a panic attack, she just knows it's gonna happen, and she puts her feet up, and she goes to the person next to her, she says, I'm about to have a panic attack, and then she just has a panic attack, and she's like, well, this is great, (laughs) and I was just like, that's such, like, an interesting view, because we think we have to, like, stop it, and, like, yes, that is, like, it makes it worse, yeah, and, like, obviously, like, if there's, like, there's definitely coping mechanisms to make sure that panic attacks aren't an everyday occurrence, but, um, one of those coping mechanisms is learning how to not, like, think that a panic attack is going to be the end of the world. And it, like, what we were talking about, like, it just hit me, like, where I'm at in my life, and I just, like, all at once got these overwhelming feelings of, like, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and, Mm -hmm. like, I'm so behind, and, like, I don't know what I want to do, I have zero clue, Mm -hmm. um, so that summer was, like, a really big struggle for me, um, like, bottom, like, lowest of lows, and the thing is, like, no one would know that, like, yeah, I wouldn't have known that, Mm -hmm. no one would have known that, like, from the outside looking in, um, but, like, like, it was to the 
talk? Yes. Uh huh. It sounds so weird out loud, but in your head, it sounds so real. therapist who can prescribe medicine that's all it is yeah, yeah. all it is so i was nervous for that too um but like so desperate for help um mm-hmm. so we went to her and then she put me on a medication and my parents are also on the same medication it's genetic sadly mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i think mine is too <laughs> That's what I love because how, like, yes, in the beginning of your journey, you were struggling a lot, and then you had, like, those two years where you felt really good, and then you also started struggling again, and I think that that's what we need to start normalizing because at least one of the biggest fears that comes with mental illness is having that mental illness. Like, I sometimes feel more anxious about getting anxious than, like, actual anxiety itself, oh, yeah. and that's, like, the weirdest thing, so just normalizing that is interesting. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, like, anxiety is always a part of my life, and even though it has caused me a lot of pain and, like, suffering, you could say, um, it's also, like, taught me a lot. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's important to remember. For yeah. Me, when I'm in, like, <laughs> when I'm really struggling. Yeah, for sure. Um, that story is just so impactful, and I didn't even know, like, a ton of that. I just knew kind of, like, the gist of it. So thank you for sharing that. I know it's hard to share these stories, but they're so impactful because they're so relatable. Like, when you talked about going to the therapist and just, like, feeling, like, nauseous, for some reason, every time I visit my therapist, I get so nervous before. I don't know why. I feel, like, so nauseous. But then once I'm in there, it's, like, totally fine, and we're, like, having a blast, just, like, crying and things. (laughs) But it's just, like... I don't know. Just hearing, like, the little stuff that, like, you go through that we've all gone through is just so impactful. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I guess my first question is just kind of, um, one of the, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I'd like to go into it a little more. Why do you think that there's such a stigma around mental illness? And have you felt that stigma? Like, how did you feel before going on that medication? Because I feel like there's a lot of stigma that we feel, um, with medication for mental illness. I think that was, like, another like level like because there was going mm-hmm. to therapy and like I feel like now that's more normalized you know mm-hmm. and which is um but I feel like that's just such another level and I, so I feel like there's like a lot of hate in the world today um and that holds a lot of people back from sharing um mm-hmm. about their me- experiences with mental health because I feel like in the media like someone will say like oh like I have, I have anxiety or I have depression or I have OCD and like people will like attack them being like you don't know what that is like yeah. you should be diagnosing yourself and like mm-hmm. whatever. I think it's important that people are aware of like mental illness but I don't think people should be like so involved in like other people like why does it matter what they think like that no, they yeah. struggle with like you don't know what they struggle with. Um, and I feel like that makes it hard for a lot of people to come out and talk about it. And then get help uh, afterwards, yeah. Yeah, and get help. Um, so I think by sort of just minding your own business almost. Yeah. Like, I feel like more people, like, I feel like those people who are, like, always pointing out, like, you shouldn't say that, like, it's, like, not like that's not your place or whatever like yeah they're struggling the most and like they don't know sort of what they're kind of confused what they're dealing with um you know those people that are hating and whatever yeah yeah and I almost feel like self-diagnosis is kind of a huge part of recognizing your mental illness because for me one of the hardest part like one of the hardest the lowest lows of my life was when I was having anxiety but I didn't know it was anxiety I literally thought I was like insane and I felt so out of control but once you like recognize oh I'm just having I'm having some anxiety right now it just having a label to it makes it seem so much more like doable I don't know yeah and you think like when you think about like oh we should normalize like talking about it like yes but like you don't have to like a lot of people think you have to like announce to the world which mm-hmm. is so overwhelming especially for someone with anxiety like yeah that, if you're comfortable with that that's like Mm-hmm. but just having little conversations with people I feel like makes an impact just as much mm-hmm. or like if not more um, yeah you definitely don't have to just go out and like yeah. say your diagnosis online if that's something you feel called to then that's great like for me I personally just feel like I've had this mental health journey to talk about it like that in a way but I'm still like there are things that I hide and like there's definitely parts of my mental health journey that I'm not ready to share, and, like, that's totally okay. I don't Me have too. to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's why when I'm sometimes describing to other people, like, it doesn't make sense because 
or some stuff, and I just, like, it's mm-hmm. so pushed down there that, like, I just, it's hard to talk, it's hard to articulate, because I don't yes. even know sometimes what I'm stressed about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, the like, feeling. Even, yeah, just, like, uh, it's kind of, obviously, it's always there, like we talked about, but I will literally, I'll be having a great day, but I'll be, like, wait, like, there was something off, like, an hour ago, like, there was something, <laughs> there was something off. My sensors sent <laughs> something was, off. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so then I want to talk a little bit about like medication and using that for mental illness because you shared earlier that um you and your family have taken medication. I'm on a medication. Um It was really hard for me cuz I'm Catholic. Um believe, I believe in God. Um and religion teachers and like I don't know, just like people will be like, "Oh, like your faith will like get you through it." Oh my gosh. And, Yes, that is such a big part for me, Um, like, trusting that God is in control and, like, this has a purpose, Um, but it almost makes me feel like, I don't know, it's it's really hard because... Because I'm sorry, but praying didn't solve my anxiety. Yeah. And I'm, like, fine saying, like, and that's not sacrilegious to say, but it didn't. I needed, like, actual thing, I needed, like, actual medication and, like, therapy and stuff. Yeah, it's really... very like separate mm-hmm. um, and I think working to sort of intertwine it is, with your faith yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's been a, quite a journey yeah um, but yeah. like praying and stuff when I'm already in my head like that has, is really hard for me um mm-hmm. I actually have found a lot of benefit from like writing things down um <laughs> Because I am always in my head, and sometimes I need a little <laughs> break. Um, yeah. And when I'm writing stuff down, like, it'll, like, come to me, like, oh, like, that's, like, that weird feeling that I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's causing it? It's not, like, this other, like, surface-level thing. Mm-hmm. But kind of going back to, like, medication, uh, it was really helpful to have, like, obviously parents that were also on medication. Mm-hmm. But I feel, like, a little weird at first. Uh like, not from the medication. Like, I didn't really notice a difference. And also, I share a room. Uh, or shared. Past time. <laughs> but I would, like, try to, like, sneak around. And, like, mm-hmm. like I was, like, a drug addict. <laughs> not that we're laughing and, like, at drug addiction. <laughs> and trying to be like, oh, like, what is that? And I'd be like, oh, like, allergy medicine. Because you're, like, embarrassed to tell people about it. Yeah. Hard like I shouldn't be embarrassed or like afraid but it's hard to like talk about mm-hmm. people that like look up to you so much you know as the oldest like they have a, like I feel like it's almost my own doing like I kind of project myself as someone who like always has it together and mm-hmm. like is just almost like like I try to achieve like perfection which is just mm-hmm such a I hate like the way the media like makes yeah. like your goal is to look as perfect as possible and like it's crazy how like looking at other people and like you think that they're perfect but then you have a conversation mm-hmm. with them and you're like 
oh my gosh, like, it just, it changes your perspective a lot. Um, yeah, and medication kind of makes you feel like, I don't know, like, the stigma around it, it makes you feel like you were too weak to handle it on your own, in a sense, and that it's, like, this next level of having anxiety or having OCD or whatever, that it's like, oh, whoa, I, like, actually really have anxiety, which, like, is not a big deal at all, but when you're, like, going through it, you're, it's just, it's it's a different step. It's scary. Also, currently, they're trying to, I've been meeting with my psychiatrist, and they're talking about, after a year, they like to, like, wean you off of it, and supposedly, it's actually really interesting, the drugs, Mm -hmm. um, they change your brain chemistry, Mm -hmm. um, so that, even if you're not on the medication, it still, like, has, like, an impact on your mental health, like, positive impact, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to, like, lessen it, but that also causes a lot of anxiety because no, I yeah. feel like I'm going to go back to where I, like, no, yeah. was. And while I'd like to be, like, independent, like, not dependent on it, like, sometimes I do feel, like, dependent on it, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's also nothing wrong with that because if this were a physical illness and we were ha- and we had a broken leg and we kept and it wasn't getting better and we would have to take some Advil or we'd have to take medication for that. And I think we have to treat our mental illness similarly because it's not weak to take medication. It's smart. It's an actual mental illness. One of the theories, they don't know what causes anxiety, but one of the theories is that it's like a chemical in your brain that was like messed up. And I love this theory because it lets me blame it on something like that I can't control, <laughs> which I love. So like the idea with medication is that it like goes in and kind of like fixes that little chemical so that it makes it easier. And I was just like, I don't know just thinking about it in terms of like how we would treat a physical illness and how we would treat a mental illness makes medication seem much less of a big deal it's like more logical um it just like it's something like if you were born with like like i have celiac disease Mm -hmm. and i don't eat gluten like it just makes sense yeah like like it makes sense Mm -hmm. and i think one of the biggest fears for me because in the beginning of like my healing journey i was like no i'm not like medication i won't have to do that that that's so, like, I won't, I won't get to that point. This therapy will work. And, like, yes, that's great if therapy does work. But I think my biggest fear behind medication was, like, what if it doesn't work? Because then it's, like, yeah. well, then I'm at, like, then there's nothing else that can help me. And that was, like, the biggest fear. But if that medication doesn't work, you try a new one. Because there is going to be a medication that works. Yeah. And I started on medication, and they had to, like switch me because our like brains like they have to like test it out it's like a long process in the yeah. beginning because you have to test it for a certain amount of time and if it doesn't work you have to try a new one like it's a very big process and I feel like when you're dealing with that and you're not talking to anyone like about it it's mm-hmm. very hard because everyone like just assumes that like you're good but it's like such a painful process yeah like it's so defeating when like something doesn't work you feel mm-hmm. like oh my gosh like nothing's gonna work like yeah. I'm really that, like, that bad, like, mentally, um, yeah. which is totally not true, but I tried out the first one, and it was more, it, like, was more preventative, like, if mm-hmm. something, like, if I felt anxious, I could take it, like, it was sort of like an Advil, but for, like, mental health, mm-hmm. um, and then they transferred it to, like, something else that was more of, like, the, I guess you'd call it, like, heavy duty, it was me out a little bit. No, but no. I had to start at a very low dosage because mm-hmm. they can't overwhelm, like, the 
system, like something like that. Yeah. Um, they go very slow to make sure, like they get like it's very like scientific. Like you reach the exact point where like you start. It's not that it doesn't take away the anxiety. That's what I kind of thought. Like was a, I don't even know. It was a possibility. It's almost like so. Say I'm doing my homework and I'm very overwhelmed. Like when that used to happen, I would just like I would cry or I would like yeah. not even be able to like function. Like mm-hmm. I just could not do anything. But yeah. I, when I'm on this medication and when I finally was able to reach a point where it was like successful, um, I could like, it, like in this homework example, <laughs> I could um, like do it and I could be stressed about it, but I would just push through it, you know, mm-hmm. which is so great. And that's something that I have noticed. Like, it's not like a super drastic difference. It's just little things like that, mm-hmm. like kind of like set it aside and, like, it's also with practice with, like, having dealt with mental health before. Like, yeah. mental health issues. Just retraining um, your brain. But, like, being able to put it aside, recognize it, and uh, keep pushing. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you just keep going, like, you're going to win over your anxiety. Um, Every time you'll win over your anxiety. No matter how, like, even if you're in a panic attack and you literally feel like your anxiety is consuming you, at the end of the day... You're going to get out of that panic attack and you're going to beat him. <laughs> yes. I know. Like, when things actually happen, there's so much, like, everything that you, the worst case scenarios you imagine never actually occur when they actually happen. And that's kind of how the future is. Like, we don't know what it's going to be, but that's almost a blessing because we'll get through it because you just have to. That's just what happens. Always going to be better than, like, what we imagine because, like, our brains cannot comprehend, like. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I had, like, when I had my first college meeting, back to what I was saying about that, um, like, I just felt like I had to make, like, all those decisions, Mm -hmm. but that is gonna, like, I felt like I should be, like, I need to do something that, like, will be, I'll have fun with, and Mm -hmm. I'll, like, impact others, and I'll change the world, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know, like, I feel like that doesn't come from thinking about it, that comes from, like, doing it, and just... Mm -hmm doing what you're passionate about because that will lead you to like mm-hmm. you really want to do and that takes sometimes takes time and I feel like that's not talked about enough that like it takes yeah. time it's okay like if you start somewhere you'll end up because that place that you're starting at is like part of your journey and part of how you get to where you know you're meant to be yeah um I'm just gonna switch topics like kind of a little bit um what do you think that like because I know, like, our school right now is doing a lot with mental health, and mental health is just becoming, like, a made, it's becoming a bigger conversation, which is fantastic, but what do you think that schools can do to decrease the stigma around mental health? Because I feel like a lot of um, school officials or whatever, they don't really know what to do because we don't really, a lot of kids aren't willing to speak up, so what do you think they need to do? Well, I think have them, like, programs and stuff, you know, like, but it's kind of separate from, like, our school life, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, oh, yeah, that's just kind of there, like, if you, like, want to. But, like, we're so stressed with school that, like, sometimes doing that kind of stuff, like, adds more stress to you. Like, mm-hmm. involved with that kind of, like, like wellness stuff. And that almost adds more stress. So I feel like kind of implementing it, instead of being, like, a thing on the side or like an extra thing that you do like kind of bringing it into like your everyday routine with school and stuff um Mm -hmm. teachers I feel like 
should I feel like they are aware of like the pressures we face because they deal with the students like mm-hmm. every day they like see them crying in their like classrooms mm-hmm. and stuff and I feel like a lot of teachers have done a lot to help their students and me specifically like deal with that but I think there are some that like they see it but like they don't do much about it you know mm-hmm. And also, like, I'm not, like, putting blame on anyone or, like... No, no, yeah. But I think that everyone, like, struggles, like, with mental health. And I think that, like, we should be more, like, connected, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I think think it would be cool if, like, teachers got together and, like... In middle school, I remember teachers would, like, get together and, like, talk about, like... Okay, like, I'm doing the test this day. Like, obviously, it's a... Yeah, no, but, yeah. Because, obviously... competition no one wants to be stressed no one wants to be stressed and I feel like with teachers like oh they often have an idea of what anxiety is um and they kind of project that idea on students and have expectations that aren't realistic for like students individually like Mm -hmm. I feel like they should focus more on individual student and have conversations like with individuals to like mm-hmm. check in on them I know that's difficult like as a teacher like teachers have so many like roles that they have no, yeah but everyone struggles and everyone's different and I think acknowledging that's really important no yeah like on our zoom call the other day my environmental teacher was just out of nowhere she was like how are you doing Evelyn and I was like oh I'm like doing that's good hard. like thank you for asking but it was just like I don't know, just, like, she kind of saw maybe that I was just looking stressed, and, like, in the classroom the other day, I was so tired, and I guess it was very visible, (laughs) and she just, like, you doing okay, and I was, like, honestly, I'm really tired, and it was just, like, that personal, like, little connection, yeah, I like that, um, so to kind of, like, wrap things up, we talked about so much interesting stuff this was honestly a great podcast because i just felt like we were conversing (laughs) which is like great so before we leave i want to ask one last question i listened to a podcast called i way by jamila jamil and at the end of every podcast she asks what she asks whoever she is interviewing what they weigh not in terms of pounds but in values so i wanted to do something a little similar 
for those of you who have listened to the podcast before, you already know what this question is, but I just want to ask you, Katie and Redfern, why do you belong? I feel, this is a big question, mm-hmm. but I feel that um, I add a lot of value to other people's lives um, by being genuine and open to talking to people, and like, I also feel like with, obviously with struggling with anxiety, like I've developed a lot of empathy, um, mm-hmm. If by being that kind of person in someone else's someone else's life, um, I can be a really good friend, which also allows me to attract a lot of people, great people into my life, including you, Evelyn. Oh, you too. <laughs> um, but I feel like when you almost when you're doing the most to like help other people, like you get the most back. Because um, when you're being kind, doing what you love, and just being genuine, you're going to attract those people who have the same, like, values, values as you, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that's really important for being a good friend and for having good friends. No, yeah, I love that. Oh, thank you so much for joining me, Katie. This was such a fun conversation. I'm glad we could geek out about mental health, as I love to do. <laughs> yeah. It's been a dream to be on a podcast, especially <laughs> yours, Evelyn. Um... So, a good way that, like, my therapist explained it to me, at least for the one that I'm on, is that, like, where my anxiety would have been at a 10, my anxiety, my, like, medication takes that down to an 8. So, it's, like, I don't get to that 10 level anymore. It's more, like, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't get rid of anxiety, but it gets rid of the, like, intensity of it, because you're allowed, it just doesn't, you don't feel the need to, like, pick it apart as much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. the whole, what I was talking about with the whole process with, like, finding, like, the right medication for you, um, mm-hmm. they had to slowly increase it. They were like, okay, like, do we, do you, do you think we should increase it? Because I'm the only one, like, yeah. it's just in my head, like, it's, That's like, scary. all, yeah. like, it took a lot of, like, energy for me because I was constantly having to, like, introspect and I couldn't, like, just push it off. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to, like, constantly, like, think, okay, like, is it working? Like, it's hard to distinguish. <laughs> That'd be really like, stressful. What, like what you think is working and like what is actually working because it's so subtle. Especially um, when you're already an anxious person. You're already an anxious person, and I was like having to assess myself, and it would ask me questions, and it would just like, like it was it was hard to like answer like a lot of the questions, especially mm-hmm. constantly going to have to having to go to like the psychiatrist at first because you had to have yeah. more appointments at first, like when you were first starting. Mm-hmm. Um that was like a constant reminder like of what I was dealing with, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard, but like it also made me a lot stronger. Um in, yeah. re- in realizing that it's doesn't like define me it's just like a part of my life you know um Mm -hmm. it's a part of my life that has taught me a lot and looking like people like listening to this that like know me um like they might see that and be like oh wow like I was really struggling at that Mm -hmm. point like it's crazy to think that someone who I might have looked at as like maybe someone oh I wish I was like like her I wish I was mm-hmm. I was so like happy all the time you know because I feel like I put out a very like not positive because I feel like I'm not the most positive person <laughs> but just like Katie's my favorite um pessimist friend you should yeah, definitely get a pessimist it's friend it's the best <laughs> it's not a bad um, thing it's a great thing 
we think of it like when we label these things as mental illness we think of them in such like a negative connotation and like yes anxiety is not fun it's really not but then like there's ways to cope with it but I like to think because right when I like had my first therapy appointment I was like okay because I'm the kind of person who I believe that everything happens for a reason like that's just my like thinking I was like so why do I have anxiety like what is the big old reason behind this and I think that through my journey I've learned like, anxiety is kind of a gift because it's taught me, like, empathy. I'm a, I'm able to, like, empathize with people in ways that I would never have dreamed of before I knew what anxiety was. I don't oh, know. Sure. That's the whole reason, like, I want to go into nutrition. Because mm-hmm. food, obviously from having celiac, like, food has always been such a... Not... It's just been, like, always had to be at the forefront of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when I got into... When I started struggling with my mental health, like... Diet is a big part, not like dieting, but like your what you put into your body Eating is a healthy. big part of how it affects your like mental health. Um, no, yeah, a lot of people um, experience that. Yeah, and having that knowledge made it a lot easier to understand because I feel like I was almost like more in tune with my body, you know, mm-hmm. from having dealt with that, that I was able to like recognize like I've been like through yoga, like I can recognize like when I need to like exercise or eat well, because I know how that affects my body. Um, and I feel like having that experience, like I want to share that with others and help Mm -hmm. others, um, because anxiety has been such a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And anxiety, like there was a quote that was like anxiety, like people with anxiety are like the bravest people because they've been through like 8 million, like irrational, like fake they've been through like eight million worst case scenarios and it's like so true because like we think of like our jobs in the future and like for me I'm like for like even with school there's just always going to be days where I just have to like do things for school or just for maybe work in a future where I'm just going to feel so anxious like I just get those like that pit in your stomach but like anxiety has taught me that that's okay to feel and that you can get through that and it's just kind of cool seeing how many like, you've survived 100% of your bad days, and I don't know. Yeah. And me, a big part of, like, I struggle with, even still today, um, is I take myself so far into the future mm-hmm. that, like, whatever I'm thinking, like, that's just, your life, like, changes so fast. Like, I feel, like, I just feel like every moment is so, like, like, it's impacting my future, and, like, I don't know, the future is just something that really, like, weighs heavily on me. Mm-hmm. With relating back to faith, um, and how it has, like, affected or impacted my mental health, like, being able to, like, put it in God's hands, um, mm-hmm. is a big part, and, like, I don't know what I'd do, like, if I had anxiety and I wasn't, like, a faithful person, like, I really empathize with those people, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a big struggle like I feel like I'm able to like give it to God I mean it's obviously like that's hard in itself um Mm -hmm. but but like the big anxieties that are just like like my future like yeah like what's gonna happen like death like that kind of stuff that's another thing I struggled with for sure um but putting that like aside and knowing that like 
what I think of my future, it doesn't really matter very much, which is kind of comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he has a plan, and, like, it's not my job to worry about that. No, almost. yeah. And, like, with coronavirus, like, if last year you told me that we were going to have a pandemic next year, and I was going to have to, like, go home from school for, like, forever, and, like, not be able to see friends and stuff for a while, I would have spent so much time, like, panicking and worrying about it. But look at me, I'm going through it, and I'm like, like, yes, I'm struggling a little. I feel like we all, like, you and I, like, we go to SM, oh, I think we already said that, but we go to, like, SM, and we, like, have anxiety, and we know what it's like to, like, feel really stressed, um, whether it's from school or from outside school, from our brains, whatever, and I just feel like they don't ask us these things, and I feel like a lot of the things that schools do to try to alleviate stress they come from like the adult idea of what stress looks like instead of asking us and like actually like inviting us to tell them what stress looks like because as much as like and which is great I'd rather you do that than like nothing but I just feel I just wish it was more because no one really understands how we're feeling unless you're like that person like for me my therapist has anxiety and I think that that makes her such a better therapist because she like actually gets it and I feel like I just wish there was more opportunities for students to kind of talk about it um either to like officials at school or even like how you're saying like within the classroom I feel like that's a good point I like that even if like someone does have anxiety like we struggle like we're all we all struggle mental health yeah but just having an open perspective to, like, that everyone's struggling, and even if it doesn't seem like, like, their struggles, like, no one's struggles are, like, harder, I mean, to the extent, like, people, everyone struggles, and we should have respect. Okay, unfortunately, the ending of my interview with Katie got cut off, um, but, so I just wanted to come and say a little gist of what her why she belongs message was, because I think that's one of my favorite parts of the podcast, Uh, She basically described how the reason she belongs and why she belongs is because she adds value to other people's lives by being authentic and through empathy. Through her experience with anxiety, she's able to empathize with so many, so much more people. Um, And she describes how when we're authentic ourselves and when we are our complete selves to others, we naturally attract people like that and that her kind of why she belongs is so that she can bring those values into other people's lives and yeah i wanted to come on here and give a quick little goodbye message and say thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast i really hope that it was fruitful for you thank you to katie for coming on and sharing such valuable information whether you have anxiety as a mental illness like an anxiety disorder or whether um, you just experience anxiety, just like the normal anxieties that we all face. Um, I hope this was enlightening for you. I hope it um, let you know that you are normal and that your anxieties and your experiences are completely normal. And hopefully it gave you hope because there are so many ways to um, help get better through these mental illnesses. There's so many different coping mechanisms. There's so many different people you can reach out to and we all just... We feel like we're alone in these things, but we're really not. There's so much you can reach out to. Um, I just want you guys to know how thankful I am that you listen to this podcast and support it. Um, And yeah, I hope you have a great weekend. Happy Halloween.